0: Welcome back to Hold Fast, where we have biblical truths for daily battles. My name is Kenny, I'm the host of the podcast, and today I'm going to be tackling a listener question that came through, but also this podcast episode is going to serve as a good spinoff or extension of the sermon that I preached yesterday at Mission Way Church, which would have been uh, Sunday, June 4th, 2023. Um, And I'm going to provide a link to that sermon in the show notes, just in case you missed that and you'd like to listen to that sermon. Um, it doesn't, you don't necessarily have to listen to that to understand today's episode, but it is something, this text is one that I mentioned in that sermon as well. And I think it could be helpful uh, for further study. So the question that came was from 1 John 5.21, which very simply says, little children, keep yourselves from idols. We'll talk about that in a minute. And the question is, what does the church do to help its people live out that verse? 1 John 5.21, little children, keep yourselves from idols. What does the church do to help its people live that out in regards to the culture battles of our day? And I think it's a good question um, because we'll see as we go along, this is one of the biggest hindrances to the church actually living out our faith in the midst of culture battles, right? Um, Sometimes when we talk about culture battles as Christians, we think that our job is to go out there and to be the loudest, most obnoxious voice and just win over. Um, but, But really our calling is to be is to be carriers of, proclaimers of the gospel. Um, Yes, we are called to, in a sense, fight in the culture wars, but our weapons are not of this earth. Our weapons are spiritual in nature. We are called to proclaim the gospel. We're called to not necessarily convince people that we're right about the issues of our day. We're called to make disciples. We're called to go out and see people come from their sin and turn to Christ. So, how do we help one another live out 1 John 5, 21 in regards to the culture battles of our day? And, and I hope that the way that I address this is going to answer the question given, um, but I really just want to walk through the text. I mean, this is what I do, right? This As a, as a pastor, as a preacher, um, this is my bread and butter, if you will, that I, I want to just walk through the text of Scripture. I want to walk through the context of where this comes from, what John is saying, and how that applies to us, how we can actually uh, take this passage and apply it to our lives as we're seeking to um, to engage with the culture battles of our day. So let's talk about 1 John briefly. 1 John is a book that... If I were to, to simplify it, I would say that what John is doing in this letter is he's trying to help Christians know that their faith is real. He's trying to confirm for believers what they're believing in, and he's trying to to shore up their faith by giving them evidence for their faith, by talking about what it means to really be a Christian. It's a very convicting letter of scripture, but it's also a very encouraging one for those of us who are truly seeking to walk in the light as Jesus is in the light. So John says at the very beginning of this book in chapter one, verses three and four, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you. He's saying, we've seen Jesus. We walked with him. We were there. We saw him resurrected and we're proclaiming these things to you. Why? So that you too may have fellowship with us, And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we're writing these things so that our joy may be complete. John's saying we want to know that you are in the faith too. We want to know that you're not just giving lip service to Christianity, but that you actually believe these things, that your faith is in Jesus Christ. You have fellowship with the Father as we do. And he goes on and talks more about that. And then he comes to chapter 5 and he begins to say that that as followers of Jesus, um, he's the one who has overcome the world. And so we are to be overcomers of the world because our faith is in Christ. He says this in 1 John 5 verses 4 and 5. Everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Now, to be overcomers of the world, what John is talking about there is is we are overcomers of this worldly uh, sin nature. We are overcomers of Satan's work in the world. We are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, as Hebrews says, but we are those who stand firm in our faith, and we actually have an impact on our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're overcomers of this world. That's not to say that we Rule and reign politically necessarily in this world. Um, That's a whole other conversation, but we are overcomers of the world, the flesh, the devil, and his work in this world. And we overcome the world not by our means and not by our strength, but because of our faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He goes on in chapter 5 to talk about talk about what we believe about Jesus, the testimony of the gospel and he encourages us to hold one another accountable to that testimony by calling one another out in our sin. This is a very important point when it comes to when it comes to uh, engaging in the culture wars, I think this is something that we don't talk about enough. If we're going to overcome the world with the testimony of the gospel, it actually matters that we're fighting against sin so, let me take it back to the, the question that was asked. How does the church help one another live out 1 John 5, 21? And I, I know we haven't gotten to that verse yet, but all of this context is important. How does the church help one another do that? One of the ways is we help one another in our sin. We call one another out in our sin. We hold one another accountable. We actually are faithful to the process of church discipline, for example, which I know a lot of people don't like that terminology, but church discipline really is just that process by which the church um, helps one another um, bring our sin into the light and and helps one another be reconciled back to the Father. Church discipline is actually one of the most loving processes that the church has to see one another in sin and to to bring that sin into the light so that they would repent and turn from that sin. How are we going to fight against the culture wars when we ourselves are not even fighting against our own sin? That's what brings us to the main text of the day. So the the main context of 1 John 5.21, the verse that was asked about, I think begins in verse 18, which says this, We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. But he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. A brief word about this. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. What John is not saying is that Christians never struggle with sin. True Christians never struggle with sin. He's saying if you do have sin, what you're going to do as a true believer in Christ, he said this in, earlier in chapter 2, you're going to bring that sin to Jesus. You're going to repent of that sin. He, he says in, in chapter 2, one of my favorite passages, he says, I'm writing these things so that you may not sin. But if you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father. So true believers don't continue in their sin. They don't continue in unrepentant sin. True believers don't do that. And and I know that's an unpopular message because, yes, we all struggle with sin. I'm not saying that true believers will never have an ongoing struggle with sin, but they're actually going to struggle. They're actually going to fight against that sin. And he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him you wanna really stand against the schemes of the devil, you wanna really fight against the work of Satan in your life and our world, then begin fighting your own sin. You won't hear this preached very often, but to fight against Satan, you actually have to fight against your own sin we want to talk about the temptation that's brought into our lives and we want to blame the devil for a whole lot. But the reality is, and again, 1 John actually talks about this, our sin comes from our own desire. Yes, Satan tempts us, but he's really tempting us based on our own sinful desires. And he's trying to pull us away based on those sinful desires. And he wants us to go after our sin. You want to fight against Satan? You want to, you want to win the culture wars? One of the ways it's going to begin is by fighting your own sin, by pursuing holiness. He goes on in verse 19. He says, we know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. We don't lie in the power of the evil one, but the world does. We are from God. We are different. We have to recognize this. For so long, the church has tried to make ourselves as much like the culture as we possibly can, but we are to be different and set apart. We're not under the same master as the world is we can never be like them ultimately because we have a different authority. We have a different master. We have someone that we actually are submitting ourselves to. And the world does too. The world's submitting to their father, the devil, Jesus would say. But we are submitting to our father, God. We're different. We are from God and the world is under the power of the evil one. We would do a whole lot better in the culture wars if we would recognize that. We, we spend so much time trying to find common ground and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying we shouldn't do that necessarily because one of the best things we can do when we're trying to have cultural conversations with unbelievers is to point out the fact that there are things that we agree on because we've all been made in the image of God and we all desire truth and justice. It's just that those who are not in Christ are gonna pursue those things in perverted ways, but we're different Not because we're special and we are somehow holier than the rest of the world. We're different because of the grace of Jesus and only because of the grace of Jesus. We're from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Verse 20, and we know that the son of God has come and he's given us understanding so that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. You want, to, you want to fight in the culture battles, then fight against your sin and press in to Jesus. We, we know that Jesus has come, and he's given us understanding. We know that even though the world lies under the power of the evil one, we have been born of God. We have been redeemed. We have been saved. We have been given understanding. We have a new master. We have a different calling. We, we are now holy and righteous. We're called saints of God, and we, we're supposed to live differently. You can't overcome the world if you're not abiding in the only one who overcomes the world, Jesus Christ. So it's very important that the church help its people fight against sin and press into Jesus Christ. As a pastor, I'm spending so much of my time, when I think about preparing sermons, for example, I'm not primarily thinking about the cultural issues of our day. I am thinking about the cultural issues, (laughs) excuse me, of our day, but that's not primarily what I'm thinking about. Primarily, I'm thinking about the people of Mission Way Church and how I can help them as I. Strive to do this as well, and and, and help myself um, walk in the things of the Word. As I strive to help our church cast off their sin and press into Christ. As I try to help our church understand what it means to be a disciple of Jesus and to be passionate worshipers of Jesus and to have this authentic biblical community and fellowship, and to to be out there in sacrificial service in the world with with the hope of the gospel. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm focusing on. And then I think about the cultural issues of our day and I think about how can we specifically be in the fight as we're fighting our sin and we're pressing closer into Jesus. And then we come to our verse, the verse that was asked about, verse 21. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. This is actually the final verse of the book of 1 John. And it seems like a strange ending when you initially read it, right? I mean, he doesn't wrap it up with a nice, neat little bow like Paul often does, grace and peace, and greet one another with a holy kiss, which is, again, a whole nother conversation. But he says this statement that is a really big statement, little children, keep yourselves from idols, and that's where the book ends. But when you think about it, it's not a strange ending. It fits perfectly, doesn't it? What a, what a way to end this book that John is spending so much of his time talking about what it means to walk in the light and what it means to have fellowship with the Father and with Jesus Christ and what it means to cast off our sin and to press into Jesus and to have a better understanding of Him. and What a way to end that. One of the biggest enemies that we have in our personal walk with the Lord and one of the biggest enemies that the church has trying to impact the culture is idols. Now, What are idols? Let's define idols before we go any further in this conversation. Um, I think one of the best definitions of an idol um, is given in a song called Clear the Stage that originally was written, I think, by Ross King, uh, but Jimmy Needham, one of my favorite artists, does a version of this song as well. And in that song, it says this, anything I put before my God is an idol. Anything I want with all my heart is an idol. Anything I can't stop thinking of is an idol, and anything I give all my love is an idol. Let's break that down. Let's talk about the idols that we may have in our lives. Anything I put before my God, anything that I'm giving more attention, anything that I'm, I'm saying is more important than God in my life. Now, as Christians, we don't like to admit that we have things that are more important than God in our lives, but we do have these things often that we, that we worship, that we give more of our attention and our devotion to over the Lord, that we're going to choose rather than spending time in the Word, that we're going to choose to do rather than, than gathering with God's people on a Sunday morning, that we're going to choose before we spend time in prayer with the Lord, right? There are, there are a lot of things that can become idols in our lives. Anything that I want with all my heart is an idol. What is that thing in your life that you're going, this is what I want. If I if I just had this, my life would be better. If my life would just work out in this way, then I'd be happy and satisfied. That's something that you're wanting with all your heart. And the only one that you're supposed to desire and love with all your heart, soul, mind and strength is Jesus. Anything I can't stop thinking of is an idol. What consumes your thoughts? day by day? What, what is that thing, that person, that that, that that act, that habit in your life that you just can't stop thinking of? You're trying to do it more and you're trying to, to to have more of it. Anything you can't stop thinking of is an idol. And finally, anything that I give all my love is an idol. And we've, we've kind of addressed that, I think, pretty well already in this um, this thing so far. So that's what an idol is. Let's talk about that for a minute what is getting in the way of you knowing the one true god what is that thing that habit that person even that you can't stop thinking of that that you put before the lord that you want with all your heart if the church is really going to help its people stand against the culture we're going to have to help our people fight idols we're gonna to have to help one another fight our idols. If you want your church to be on the front lines of the culture war, then you are going to have to fight your own sin, press into Jesus and help one another do the same. Pastors of churches are going to have to help its people fight against our sin so that we can we can press more into Jesus and we can we can have a better understanding and knowledge of him so that we can go out and keep ourselves from idols and we can actually be overcomers in this world. How can you fight in the culture wars? You can keep yourself from sin through regular repentance and keep yourself abiding in Christ through regular prayer and fasting and time in the word. These are things that we must be doing. I think a lot of Christians are, are getting really frustrated and discouraged about where culture is headed, and I get that. But I really wish that more Christians were frustrated and 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 paid more attention to our own sin and paid more attention to the idols that we allowed to creep into our lives. So often we're spending so much time wanting to be cultural heroes that we're, we're allowing sin to creep into our lives and we don't even know it. I think this is a big danger. And I think it's one that the church needs to be aware of. And when I say the church, I'm talking about all of us. I'm talking about you. (laughs) If you are a Part of a local church, you have a responsibility to, first of all, yes, fight your own sin. Deal with the log that's in your own eye before you go and help your brother with the speck in his eye. But yes, go out and help your brother with the speck in his eye. Don't ignore that part of the equation. I think we miss that. We we spend so much time saying, don't judge, deal with your speck before you, or deal with your log before you deal with my speck. Yeah, but when I deal with my log, then I actually do want to help you with your speck. So... We need to, as the church, be better about this. We need to, as the church, be keeping ourselves from idols, keeping ourselves in the knowledge and understanding of Jesus, and keeping ourselves in the battle against our own sin. And it may not seem like it, but I believe wholeheartedly when we do this, we're actually gonna be better at fighting in these culture wars. We're actually gonna be better at going out in the world and proclaiming the gospel because we're not gonna be hypocritical Christians because we're not gonna be bogged down by our own sin. We're not gonna be um, living lives where the Lord's not even hearing our prayers because of our our sin that we're not repenting of. I think it's absolutely important. I think this is an important passage for Christians um, as we think about our own personal lives and as we think about how we are impacting the culture war. So, I hope that that actually answered the question somewhat. I hope that it was helpful and encouraging and thought-provoking. If it was, um, if you're listening to this um, and you think this is helpful, I would love it if you shared the podcast, send it to a friend or post it on social media or do whatever it is that you do to share it. Um, A rating, a review, wherever you listen to this is very helpful. It helps people who you don't know find the podcast because I'm told the algorithms work that way. So I'm just gonna go with what I'm told because I don't understand those algorithms. But thanks as always for listening to the podcast. If you got a question, send them in. I'm always trying to um, get more ideas and, and, and uh, things that we can talk about on the podcast. So I would love to hear from you. You can email me at Kenny Roberts at missionwaychurch.org. Again, that's Kenny Roberts at MissionWaychurch.org. Thanks as always for listening. Hope you have a great day. Great rest of your week. God bless.